0: this work and find what i'm doing here and it really really matters uh, as small as that may seem so if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show i very much appreciate it thank you for listening let's get into it peace peace before we get started with the episode we wanted to give you a little preview so this episode of Good Brothers, or what is currently known as Good Brothers, will be in the future known as something else, but it'll still be me and the Good Brother. Uh, we're going to touch a little bit on R. Kelly, a little bit on so far reading, I think some other odds and ends in the conversation, but I want to say thank you for sticking with uh, you know this podcast as we figure out the future uh, while still riding in the present. So, um, you know, as always, take the best part for yourself and enjoy. Peace. Peace. I'm adjusted.
1: just Justice Raji. What's going on,
0: my brother? Oh man, I'm enjoying a uh, a uh, slightly overcast, not too brisk fall morning. Um, you know what I mean? And with a cup of coffee.
1: And now sounds like Portland all the time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know when is it? When does it when does it actually like when is it sunny in Portland?
0: It's pretty much sunny most of the time from May through Really through, um, you know, into September. Like once you get into the emotion, like this year, and I keep telling people, it was it was sort of dry. Even like so, it was it was not super rainy this uh, this last uh, winter. You know what I mean, at least not like how it usually be. Even though every day that it did rain, people were like, oh, the rain. I was like, it ain't actually been that rainy. Um, so, right. um, and this summer though was super. You know, like I don't think it rained. The first rain we got was uh, we got like where it rained. Like, it's rained more than two two or three days the last two weeks. But before that, yeah. it hadn't rained more than a day or two, I think, since like consecutive days. Since right. like April? Okay. You know oh, I mean? Yeah, man. Like, yeah, it's been, you know, dry season. So, yeah, man. So, so it's going to be out. That's 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 where they be lying, people. They'll be trying to hide the summer, especially August. August tend to be quite fabulous here, weather wise. If you like, you know, if you want it like hot but not too hot. Right, uh, right. Sunny, but not, you know, it's like it's like, oh wow, this is beautiful. Like cool in the evening, you know what I'm saying? Like come, you know, the whole, the whole. Suppose so to cycle, you know, Use a kid, people be like, Yeah, you're you gonna need a jacket later. And then it'd still be 90 degrees after the sun went down. He'd be like, I don't need this jacket. It's, it's here. Why are you lying to me? Like, I don't need a jacket later. It's hot. But in any event, how things on uh, your, your, you know?
1: Oh, uh, man. Well, see, I got some nerve because Pittsburgh, I think, is the fourth most cloudiest place in the country. <laughs> right. The amount of days. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I know, we'll talk about fall a little later, but yeah, it's that. You know, there's the where there's where the season changes, mm-hmm. and at least it's like two of them, two of the where the seasons change. It doesn't really mean anything, right? Like June and December doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it was hot before June twentieth, it is hot after June twentieth. It was cold <laughs> before December twentieth, it's a cold December after June twentieth, December twentieth, yeah, or twentieth, twenty, 21st, whatever. March and September are where you actually get like a, hey, it might be a transition, right? But, you know, I think about going, when we were young, going back to school. Like you, your parents would buy like jackets <laughs> and like mm-hmm. long <laughs> sleeves, right? Like even though the first couple days of school, you know, we went to school after Labor Day, but the first couple days of days, it was still hot. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you, like yeah. <laughs> you you going to wear like that long sleeve ass shirt that you, <laughs> somebody got you because it's the first day of school, right? Whereas now, it's like it does not get cooler depending on when you're at, I should say. It does not get cooler until going into the next, going into literally October or whatever have you. So, you know, kind of in that space of what does the shift look like? Like you know it's going to be cold soon. Right. But it's not cool yet. But in the morning or at night, it is a jacket. So you do get that whole like you got to put a jacket on, mm-hmm. especially with, a, with a, you know, younger children It's like, OK, it's going to be 72, but it's 57 right now. Right. It's going to be 74, but it's 57 right now, a.k.a. a hoodie and shorts. Right. <laughs> it's like, what do I do with the hoodie? So it's like, I don't know what you're gonna do with the hoodie. You're gonna figure out what to do, with the hoodie but you're gonna wear one when you go outside, right? Because you know, I'm trying to be an accountable adult. So, um, so yeah, man, seasons.
0: <sighs> so, um, I mean, I guess we'll start with, with maybe start with the madness and move to, to not madness. Um, uh, R. Kelly was found guilty on all counts of uh, federal racketeering, uh, sex trafficking charges, and, um, I guess it's characterized as a decades long scheme to recruit women and underage girls for sex. Um, I have not, um, had the opportunity to read all of the super fine details, um, of, of, of all the parts of the case. So, um, I'm sure there's somebody that may be hearing this conversation later and be like, you know, brother, I mean, I mean, I understand that, you know, th- there's some things we should look at, though, with this. And I, I'm just not really a party to or a kitten at the moment to give those individuals that want to have that conversation a whole lot of airspace in my own uh, mental framework. Because um, the, the, the basic thing or the general thing is, you know, what does it mean in like we talk about times about like the behavior of men in society right and um men in with with positions of power or leverage due to either their profession um their you know wealth their positionality you know in society whatever have you and and then how that connects to um you know their quite frankly, their, their behavior and their decision making in pertains to women it was a it was a, a mocking point that we, I think I would say we as a collective, just people who, you know, looked side-eye at R. Kelly, back to basically when, like, before before we knew about Aaliyah, like when he was just R. Kelly from, from 12 Play or whatever the name of that group was, we was like, oh, he just singing dude. And then it was like, yeah, and he'll bring this artist out. And it was like, they're supposed to have been married and she's 16. I was like, what? And like ever since then, he just you know, he he fell into what I would call like that dude seems to be dating young women. I don't or being involved with young women or you know whatever the, the wording. You know what I mean, of, of the time frame, not not the actual understanding of or in any way um, marking the legitimacy of the relationship or the orientation, connection, the contact, and you know, you kind of went well. In, in in the nineties part of it at least, and, you know, this is all pre-sex tape. You just go, well, I mean, he he might, he might, he might have been doing something strange. But really, you know, at least I I had no information to 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 go on. And then the the sex tape that uh, that arrived in, in the neighborhoods, um what was that 98, 97?
1: 90, 90, 90, no, I think 99? that was a little later. It was
0: later, huh? It was no, like that was in two
1: thousands. That was in the two thousands. So that That's was 2000s. like maybe okay. Yeah, like oh, 0- maybe 2003. 2- 0- 2- 0- yeah, right. it was. A, it was a little as as you remember. there still was a time. There was that weird time that like you knew something was strange, and then there was the time when you saw the video. But then he was like still hot, and you know, then you had that whole weird world where people were like. I'm still going to like them. And then, you know, people still doing music, you know what I mean? So you, you know, you had that weird space where it was like, people may have saw the tape, but had not, it had not become criminal. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And maybe this, the, the expanse of the enterprise was not known. Right. Mm -hmm. Which again, there's something there that we have to pick apart, but you know, sometimes people be like, "It ain't a problem till see you, you get caught for it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like until it, it, until like the, until the cops, t- you know what I mean, to the G men come. That's when it was a problem. You know what I mean. So I think it was like that weird place of like even after it became known that something real strange was going on, um, he still had like a a musical run, frankly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, back when. And I think we might have spoke about this at some point in the last year and a half. But when the, and uh, I'm gonna see if I can find that article. But you know the the writer from the was it the Chicago Tribune, the Chicago, the Chicago journalist, yeah, that did the first like big article on that. And his you know the everyone the his assessment was just like you know there wasn't enough, and due to like people's willingness to testify and some other things that based on that research. It was, they were not able to get any kind of charges um, that would stick in a criminal court. But it was like, yo, this shit is crazy. Right, like what this man is, you know, participating in ain't cool. And what he's done, you know, in terms of manipulation and, and various, you know, acts with these young women is not, um, and these underage women, I just say, uh, underage young ladies, Wait, women. It's tough because like, when I think women are, I, you know assume adulthood so i'm right right, right The frame right. for people listening that like think about think about the words we use when we talk about um and i myself i i, I avoid the um the word female because typically <laughs> it, 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 we know how it comes out don't nobody very rarely is a dude say that and, and not have a bit of a pejorative uh associated with it unless you're talking about you know being some sort of you, you were know, the baby boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, that, you know what I mean? So I would just put that on the record too, in case anybody, you know, wonder why. Um, but sad, suffice it to say that, um, you know, it, before the video and then the relating journalism that came with that from that, like those, those kind of like two eras of the R. Kelly as a public person, and then it became this, you know, thing of, like he was persona non grata, but then he was still running around, torn and being R. Kelly, you know, just not with the um, how you say when people are people are entertainers. Like there's a there's like there's people that like your stuff, and there's a lot of them, and then there's like the, the super pop level, like where you get yeah. like, like you do the Emmys, you you can, turn, you can turn up at any possible thing you might turn up on the stage. You know what I mean? Like uh, right, right. You know, like. Um, I guess now, like a like a, well, I mean, obviously, even Beyonce, but you know, I don't know who's the who's the, who's the who's the hot louise Vert maybe Louis Louisie Vert like somebody like uh, like Wiz 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 could be doing Wiz stuff like we're like right. people that know Wiz's music, but then Wiz could be at whoever fest, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. And it would right, be like, oh right. shit, it's Wiz. Like, you know what I mean? Right, right. Because he's at that operating in that level, right? And you know, when you get a you get a you get a slam on you, like our Kelly get. Either you don't get on those other festival, the other events, or we just don't hear about it. <laughs> if you do, right. it's like oh, we just and also R. Kelly, like 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 it be like. <laughs> and it's all these artists and entertainers, and then it's like also R. Kelly. You know what I mean? Because it's like you know, and, and to be and, and I'm gonna stop talking so you can add Ooh. on, but like the arc of this to be um, and, and, and not one into in any way overshadow the harm caused but there's a there's a like people like well how could this go on and then the the reason can go on is because ultimately in our society if something if someone has the ability to profit either from there's not a lot of incentive to to like shut him down fully if there's if there's someone whatever place in the scale of potential income and money being made could go well you know we can't have him on the main stage at this thing, but we can put him over here on the on the off the off the off the road. You know, I bet you right, we we'll still right, get two thousand. Right. I bet you we we'll still get ten thousand people in there, right? Like, I bet you he, you know his records are still streaming. You know, people will still buy, you know, the material. And and it, 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 like, it, I would like it to be some. I don't think it, I don't think it gets too much deeper than that. That like people will still buy it. So someone there's still someone that might go. Well, I mean. I can't, ha- I can't have my name on the contract, but what we could do is we'll put this like this. And then, you know, cause I bet you there's at least 20,000 people who come to this show if we book it, you know what I mean? And then he, you know, keeps performing and, you know, uh, whatever have you. But I guess that also, I mean, cause he's been in custody, what, two, three years. Yeah. He's been
1: locked up yeah. for a minute.
0: Yeah. So maybe not two, three years, but so yeah, I, I said a lot. What? What's some of your yeah? First uh, a couple, I mean, a
1: couple things, couple things about this, and one, I think we have to be real about culture, um, about uh, different forms of culture, American culture, and then sometimes even as it drills down to specific certain communities' culture, um, you know, in 1994 or 90, late 93, early 94. This man who was an adult at that time, who was as old as, you know, Arne Duncan, who was the secretary of education, you know what I'm saying? The Obamas, right? Actually, they were really good friends and played basketball together. whole another story. Um, he put out a song called seems, seems Like You're Ready. Right? Now, that's really clear what that sounds like. It seems like you're ready. Right? And he was talking about youth. Right. He wasn't talking about like, you know, someone being a little nervous. Right. It was like, (laughs) hey, Mm -hmm. it seems like you're ready. At the same time, he is dating a 15 year old girl. Right. Mm -hmm. And then marries a 15 year old girl. Now, there are certain worlds. Where this idea of older men who like younger women is tacitly sanctioned. Mm -hmm. It's not overtly sanctioned. It's tacitly sanctioned, right? We all know in certain worlds where someone like this young lady looked this age, but got dressed up and put makeup and looked this age. And then some old man who should not have even thinking about dealing with someone of either of those ages was involved with her, right? And that's in a variety of communities, not just so we ain't framing it just like in our community. That's in a variety of communities. Mm-hmm. And I'll get to that point. Unfortunately, because it's somebody that I like art. <laughs> um, So that's that's one. I was listening to a song called Holding You, Loving You by Don Blackman. Right. It's a song that many people have sampled in hip hop. Right. And mm-hmm. I listened to the song today and he talks about this girl being. Only 17 years old, but like she's ready to be in a relationship. And this is from like 77, 70, I'll see you mm-hmm. so like I mean, we think about, you know, uh, what's his name? If you think you're lonely now, wait until the night. Uh, goddamn Bobby Womack, mm-hmm. <laughs> Right? Bobby Womack, who was with Sam Cook's uh wife, then his sister, then his daughter,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? history is replete with some of this stuff, Yeah, right? History literally is replete, and at some point we got to also frame it in the larger way that uh, this kind of deformed element of you know...
0: Oh, lost you for a minute there, guy.
1: My fault. R. Kelly... Be, it has become the poster child for it because of his brazenness, but it was brazen because it was an enterprise. So it was interesting that they gave him basically racketeering, right? Because mm-hmm. it became an enterprise.
0: Right.
1: It, it wasn't an individual's, like, susceptibility to issues of, like, one or two people, right? It became literally an enterprise of multiple people benefiting from it, including families. Mm-hmm. And that is not to victimize the family, because we know it's conditions of poverty, but again, it kind of shows sometimes it's a broader culture. So that's one that's one piece of it that I, I kind of just want to kind of bring up too. This is also a place where our, you know, in the black community in particular, because we have so many examples of broader society destroying like Black men in power, and then I'm going to put in power in parentheses, I'm going to put them in air quotes there, Mm -hmm. because we can debate what in power means in this context, right? right? Mm -hmm. But we have seen, history is replete with these examples of, of having Black men that are in power be taken down by the system, right? Now, this is the weird place where el Malik Shabazz, and Marcus Garvey and Dr. Martin Luther King get connected to Bill Cosby and R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> like this, is the, this is the weird place with the through line and all these things go from Kwame Touré and the Black Panthers to R. Kelly, right? And
0: right. people really um, do make them like, yeah, see? They be like, Malcolm, this is what they did to Martin. They R. Kelly. Right.
1: In it's all like, seriousness. Like, or, in all seriousness. <laughs> in, 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 our, in the infamous you know why they took Bill Cosby down? Because hey. he wanted to buy NBC. <laughs> right? Like at some point he was going to turn NBC into the Black Information Network or some crazy shit. Like he was like, even if you asserted that, and even if you asserted that at some point in Bill Cosby's perspective, he had a he had a perspective of, of the black community, which is shared mm-hmm. by some people of. Uh, or pull you up by your own bootstrap's idea. The idea that he was going to turn it into watching Shaft and like the spook that sat by the door and watching Sand
0: right? It's going to be on, like Uptown Saturday Night, the series. You know what I'm saying?
1: Right, right. Like all you're going to see <laughs> is Layla Africa and Dr. Tony Brown on, <laughs> on TV or on NBC. You're crazy. So, the, so but again, that's that through line, which is where. Um, the real examples of racism and the real examples of destruction of leadership in the black community become conflated with very challenged people, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the third one I'll say is this broader conversation about, like I said, broader culture, right? And where do you see this abuse of women and like broader culture? You know what I'm saying? And how do we connect it? And do we start to make it that it's like endemic to a to a community, right? What's the guy? What's the director's name that did all the crazy shit? Uh, Weinstein. Weinstein
0: uh, or the like, producer? Yeah, yeah, producer, Harvey yeah, Harvey,
1: producer, Harvey Weinstein. Because Weinstein. they got the other dude too. They got a whole bunch. Of, but my point is, we don't make that endemic of like white men, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes we be trying to turn R. Kelly into like a black man thing (laughs) where it's like, no, he's a pervert, right? Right. Same way Weinstein's a pervert, he's a pervert. It's a culture, right? It's a culture that pervades, like you said, men in power, right? Let's not call it other than what it is. So I think, you know, uh, and I don't know if I could argue argue it's being brought to a close, right? Because they'll go to jail. Some other people will go to jail, you know? But I I don't know if you could necessarily be like, here's we've closed the book on it right because listen look at some of the culture of some of the young women that i mean frankly even some of the weird stuff in the kardashian family right of the age of kids like i don't know how old kylie jenner is i don't know how old some of the kardashians are I, I assume they're adults now but it definitely feels like some people was liking them when they were right. not when they was not you really yeah it wouldn't have right?
0: been appropriate to be doing that
1: yeah so it's kind of like it ain't over. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we try to close a book on something because you close a book on a particular person, but you didn't close the book on the culture that produced the person. Right. 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 You you know what I mean? And so, and, and how do you, and then, I mean, the broader, bigger question is, how do you close the book on the culture that produces the person There's some elements of compelling people not to do something. There's some parts of shame and there's, there's different parts of it, but I would argue sometimes those are short-term, those are short-term uses. They're not like long-term solutions. Because the people eventually become, they become unresponsive to them, very similar to like the R. Kelly thing. Like I got agree. people my, I got people I know. That's kind of like man, I'll kiss my ass about R. Kelly. R. Kelly makes great music, right? Because we've seen so much dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's almost like the and this is a question people ask, not something I'm affirming. I want to be clear. People will say, Well, did you out, did you kick out your cousin? Did you kick out your uncle? Out the family when they mess with somebody young, right? Versus R. Kelly. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Again, that's where the shame, the shame, and the stuff like that are. Still, relatively short-term solutions, but I think we do have to look at the culture that produces, whether it's Weinstein, whether it's R. Kelly, whether it's anybody else, and you know, and looking at that.
0: And and, and that's, I mean, at least for me, one of the touch points and why this I think is important for, for us as men, like, to have some some words on this because there's 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 an underlying underlying aspect of his behavior. That is, that is directly connected to a way that a good deal of men are socialized, right? To to perceive their orientations, their relationships, their connections, their, their the, an acceptable, like, almost like if, if you said there's a scale of how you can interact with women and somewhere on that scale is the place where you could just be like, yeah, all women are like a, a collectible transactional object to be in my life. And and then also, you know, you in this case, not necessarily grown women, um, you know, girls, you know, we adolescents, and that that is that there's some reasonable aspect of like, well, yeah, I can see why you want it. Like, not, like, no, like, no, 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 I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, criminally criminal has a good opinion piece pretty good at least in my first read of it in the New York Times about it and then some of the points she raises is like you know media like lots of people had incentives to cover for like shit that looked shaky you know what I mean like if he comes to the office and he's like you know like there's such like well you know when you're a big entertainer there's always like attractive women around who might who might be too young right you I don't know if they're too young I didn't ask them for the ID so you know I'm on some don't ask, don't tell type time, because again, I want him to book my 30,000 arena or, you know, or I can guarantee, I can guarantee this funding for, you know, basically I got other stuff that I can leverage off of getting, having him a part of it. And therefore I can take a, a blind eye to his conduct or what I might perceive to be seeing happening, you know, with him, you know, and I think about, um, You know, and I appreciate, I see the idea and when people, you know, basically may challenge, um, especially most, as I like to say, you know, regular people, maybe regular folks, mere mortals and civilians, you know, because they gas justice, about justice, what about your cousin? Yeah, me and my cousin would have had words. If you came to my grandfather's house with a young woman that clearly did not appear to be of age, I'd be like, what the fuck's going on? That's me, though. That's how I live my life. Now everybody don't. Right. You know, everybody, you know, everybody don't have may have the intestinal fortitude and the temerity to operate that way. You know what I mean? But within the parameters of what our value system is, that's my job. My name is Justice. I'm gonna, I'm gonna investigate this situation. Who is her? Who sister? How old are you? You. Know I mean? <laughs> oh, real? that's peace. Man, come here, man. Let me talk to you. <laughs> you
1: but that's what, that's what. But that's my point, though. But that's right. what I'm saying. I think. Again, sometimes we take and disfigure some of the things that in broader society we allow to function and people apply them to these spaces. And I Mm -hmm. I agree with you, but they'll take like, hey, you didn't kick your cousin. Your cousin still come around. Your uncle still did this. Your dad still did this. Right. Like because of the whole secrets thing in certain families and cultures. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: Um, But again, again, to your point, though, I mean, this is not uh, this is not. This is not that. This is an enterprise over decades. Right. You see what I'm saying? There's an intention there. And yes, he was abused. We talk about surviving R. Kelly. There is a whole host of stuff in culture that I think we need to pull out. But that doesn't excuse a decade-long run at a behavior, especially when you watch something on television, if you watch the tape, right? right? And so my thing is, I saw the tape. You can't unsee the tape. If you can unsee the tape, man, and you know, yeah, you I gotta turn that late night stuff off, yeah, <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> because might have you you might have been cum- yubby It's right, it's, you stuff have... you got cut off, dog. Like because you're used to it, like you t- and I ain't gonna go too deep in that, but you're too used to it. If if you could watch what you saw and act like you could watch it, and be like, then, oh, you know, again, once. It's, it's almost normalized, right? And then our, you know, of course, Dave Chappelle, being Dave Chappelle, takes it and, you know, he he, he uses comedy to disfigure it until it almost becomes unrealistic. But but in him doing what he did during the Chappelle show, right? Doing that poo-poo, give me yeah. that pee pee, right? Like he almost took it and made it so crazy you forgot that even after that, the guy was still doing it. Right. Right, And so just thinking about this level of culture, and and this is really a safety conversation. And again, I can just say from my experience as a young person, there was always situations where in high school and actually junior high, there were young women who were being uh, uh, kind of engaged and egged on and pressed by way older men.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm mm-hmm right like literally we know we all became aware of that at 13 14 that that thing starts to happen yep and sometimes when stuff is allowed to go like that then yeah when you get this one talented pervert this talented you know monster everyone starts to give it passes based on what they're giving passes in our broader community you know what i mean again i want to be clear this is not that i'm supporting or defending or any of that but i think it's important for us to think about again the culture of what occurs to then get to this place where you know this kind of thing exists
0: yeah yeah and i i do you know there ain't too much deeper i want to Laying it. The thing I just want just to state is like one, that is, there's this place where we had a capacity, uh, uh, as men, you know what I mean, of, of a certain age, and two, to question, to challenge, to, um, you know, hold others accountable, you know what I mean, around, or at least say, oh, yo, man, I mean, at a minimum, like, yo, fam, you can't be coming, I can't really rock with you. You want some, some weird shit. <laughs> like, nah, like, I don't, you know, you know, and if you, and you know, I guess on some other, if you, if you perceive something that is a crime, you know, you might need to report that to somebody or do something, like, don't do nothing. You know what I mean? And then on just the aspect of Robert Kelly, like, I, I won't be shedding no, no tears because that man got to go sit down somewhere. You know what I mean? This is like, yo, it's not like he didn't know <laughs> that shit wasn't cool. Now, you know, we get into like well, how could you charge this and, you know, and what whatever, you know, processes they may have done but without the the constant pressure of of those, you know, who were trying to advocate for these young women. You know, I mean, no one, you know, nothing might have never happened. You know what I'm saying? And and that to me I, that doesn't mean him being guilty and needing to sit down does not mean other people who aided and abetted the practices and the behaviors or supported or took money, you know, took hush money off the books or this or that, you know, took you know, clandestine, you know, settlements, so to speak, even though it wasn't technically just as an air quotes settlement, so even though there wasn't a settlement kind of like, you know, yeah, you did like, you know, where he in his mind might be like, well, I gave him 200,000 back in 99 because they found out, you know what I mean? So I should be cool. And it's like, ultimately, man, we are responsible for what we did. you're responsible and you need to be you know real quick I I
1: I I just want to touch I just want to touch on that idea of settlements real fast too Mm -hmm. because I think it's an interesting idea that we have when people are accused of something that we have a methodology to like solve it with money And never talk about it again. Right? Like legally. Yeah. We have a methodology when so you blame someone of a whole host of things, right? It could be a whole host of stuff. It could be everything from you didn't fix my faucet right, right? Mm-hmm. And put everything down to environmental racism, right? <laughs> everything at the end of the day can go into a room and say, I allow I give you this much money and I do not take responsibility for this activity mm-hmm. and it's entirely legal do we have any why are we surprised that someone of his level of money would think that there is a certain amount of payoff you can give people in families to not take accountability for your transgressions right because we mm-hmm. have this precedent. That is an entirely legal precedent.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Hey, listen, did I, break, did I break your stuff? Yeah, I might have broke your stuff, man. Here's some money. Don't tell nobody about it. <laughs> right. The, per- the person signs the thing and says, okay, if you pay me for my suffering, my time, and my lawyers, I won't tell anyone that you broke it again. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> and then we walk away. So, I, I mean, I agree 120% with you. But I think, again, we have to look at the culture we have fostered where this this idea that there is enough money to get around a problem. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's not about the accountability. And actually, you can run from accountability if you have enough money.
0: Yeah. We, we, we have, we've, we've created a structure. And then also, I, I think it's important to say, there's a structure within the, the hearts and minds of a lot of people that if some money changed hands that they too feel okay going, well, they took that settlement money. So, right. So it should be, so it should be done deal. And, you know, which, like I said, it'll, you know, when we talk about, you know, you put in a bad uh, HVC system and I got black mold in my house, like, yeah, cool. You did something to me. Right, and in, in, maybe in an abusive manner, or like to someone I care about, my family member, who, and for them, the funds may help them with some personal stability and other. Stuff, but it don't mean it undone undoes what was done to them. Absolutely, no, absolutely. <laughs> I'm saying. And so the idea that what was done to them is now undone, no, it's not undone. It's just you know it is like what one may be able to do, and you know none of none of that. I think I think it's problematic for us to have an idea you know within our moral, you know what I'm saying, you know value equations where we go, well, well if some money changes hands, then I move that out of something where I'm like, "Nah, you still wrong though." <laughs> like you still wrong the whole time. I don't care how much you paid. Right. Like, no, like you 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 still was you still Dirt McGirt, and I don't necessarily want you coming over to uh <laughs> to my house. spot, you know, like, I hope the <laughs> he, ones that love would, you. I,
1: I, yeah, I was about welcome. To say, I he. I said I doubt he would have got to your house. Just I doubt. Yeah, he nah, nah, nah you
0: no. Know, anyway. I told you, you can pay for the food. You can't come over. You want to pay? <laughs> you want pay lifetime penance for your wrongdoing? Feel free. Go go feed some kids. Buy some buy some winter coats. You know what I'm saying? Hand out turkeys, all that. You still Dirt
1: McGirt. That's still you. And, you know and more importantly, it help it help the the people that you have harmed, man. Because I, you know, and I, I know we're gonna get off of this, but like, help the people that are harmed by monsters like you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because there's a lot of people running around, and with with a lot of pain from abuse, from sanctioned abuse. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, there's sanctioned abuse that are 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 cult. Now, <laughs> and there's a there's a space where at some point we'll have some deeper conversation about our culture, but I'm saying kind of the American culture and then a whole bunch of hosts of things within that sanctions a level of stuff, whether it's settlements, whether it's because we think somebody got railroaded by the man, you know, right, but it's right, like right. people need emotional and social and mental redress often for these things that have occurred to them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So we can't we can't forget about the people and normalize their pain because it stuff be happening. That's not okay. Mm-hmm. You know their pain is still their pain. So yeah, yeah. So so yeah. With that, don't be R. Kelly.
0: That, that's well, my that's last, yes, that's clear. <laughs> that'd be my yeah. last statement. Yeah. If you want to be if you out here trying to be junior league R. Kelly. and That's why you mad at R. Kelly going to jail. Stop being R. Kelly, dog. That shit ain't cool.
1: Just if, sing, you nigga, know, just sing. You know, you know, yeah, I don't know. And don't be Bobby man. Womack either.
0: Yeah, don't be. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, America. So, in transition, um, it's fall. You know what I mean? It's transitioning. The leaves are starting to change colors. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, it's a little more overcast, and and uh, you know, in the past we've had, um, you know, fall always is. A, I mean, well, to me at least, it's a good transition. I always try to be reading something, and um, and that's not to have my whole life be circled in talk about the malfeasance of, of an individual, um, and others who might be in, in, in orbit and atmosphere, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to add on a little bit about, uh, just some fall readings, some fall things. So, um, I got a couple things that I'm currently reading and I wanted to just share some, share a little bit on those little reflection. So, um, how you want to set up, you want you want to, to tee it off? I was saying, go back
1: yeah, I say, let's go, you know, um, I got two or three. I'll get through them fast and shoot shoot two or three to you. All um right. take it. So yeah, I mean, the first the first book I'm currently reading, this is really interesting. Um, is called The Life and Times of Little Willie. Um, and the life and times of little Willie is the story of Little Willie Adams. Um, really an afterthought in a lot of stuff in kind of the world. And so the book is. They call me Little Willie, The Life Story of William L. Adams by Mark Chesser. It's about a five or six-year-old book. Um, Little Willie, it it got on my radar because I was researching kind of history of, um, I was researching something about like Black politics in Baltimore particularly. And this was, it went back almost like 70 years to talk about Black politics in Baltimore. And for all those listening, politics in Baltimore has a, very unique thing. And black politics in Baltimore is very unique, Um, you know, in the sense that you've had a black mayor since, I guess, like 84, 85, right? Except for one, right? Martin O'Malley. You've had a range of nothing but black mayors for the last almost 30 years, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot, Baltimore is a very complicated place, as you saw on the wire, um, that allows you to see black folks doing well, and then also some of the deepest conditions you would ever see. But black folks have been at least in political power since that time. Um, And as I dug a little deeper, I uh, stumbled upon this guy, uh, Willie Adams. And um, his, his story is amazing. I won't go far too far into it, but let's just start here. He started in North Carolina, couldn't read, grandfather couldn't read, whole kind of thing, sent him to Baltimore. He runs the numbers. At some point, he gets totally he gets uh, extorted by the Philadelphia Mafia. Um, Him, the Philadelphia Mafia cut a deal, which is also one of the reasons that you never really see a huge influence of the Mafia in Baltimore in particular, which mm-hmm. is really interesting. Then he goes on. One of the important things about Willie Adams is he is the funder of over. Two hundred black businesses in Baltimore during his time. Uh, the finance year, oh. he actually go ahead. No, nah, that's dope. Um, he actually was the person. Him and another brother named Parks, Henry Parks, that started Park Sausages. Hmm. That was the first black company ever uh, traded publicly on Wall Street. I didn't even know growing up that Park Sausages was a black company, and they tried. So hard for you not to know that Park Sausage was a black company.
0: I had no idea that
1: Park Sausage was black. Exactly, because the Park Sausages commercial was a white person. Yeah. Right, and this was all this was funded by Willie by Willie Adams, and eventually they had places in Philadelphia. They had shot Franco Harris from from Pittsburgh became an investor. Maybe. of like black business culture. And it all starts because he was the background funder of this thing, right? And so mm-hmm. it was a really unique thing. I think we, in history, there's always this conversation about like the Kennedys, um, you know, kind of the, the bootlegger turns political family, right? Of uh, the, the mafia folks who then go legal, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's also this idea of black folks never quite get there, right? Like we always mess up somewhere in the mix. Right,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know what I mean? Like we we try, but we don't get them in jail, right? And I just think it. Reading his book is a really interesting intersection of knowing that, but also again the role of and we know this the number the role of number runners uh, and number of bankers in financing the black community. And I think that sometimes we forget that once we're today when we're talking about like why don't banks finance us? Banks never financed us, right? Right. Uh, the gray economy financed a lot of legal businesses in America and black businesses in America. Now, obviously, let me be on record saying I'm not saying <laughs> that the, that the gray economy or the black economy or the black quote unquote black market should be financing legal businesses. My Thank point you. is that my point is though when we think about our businesses and how they got started, the idea that someone went to even when you have black banks, black banks often were started with money from numbers runners. Right, and this is no different than everybody. This is no different than many of the movie movie studios of today being funded by bootlegging money. Right, yeah. like this is this this is not this is not like the extensions of stuff I had to think about or just because I watched The Godfather. Right, like right, I mean, actually on record.
0: Yeah, and then just something to add: if you've never watched the documentary Cocaine Cowboys, and particularly the session that talks about all the banks in Miami watch Cocaine Cowboys, and then do a little more reading on on the banking industry. Right, I mean, Brickle. In the 80s, 70s, 80s, not talking about 100 years ago.
1: Right, not the 50s, right. like (laughs) Without going too deep, if you look in Miami today, there is a new place called Brickle. You really couldn't find Brickle on a map 15 or 20 years ago. Brickle has like the highest concentration of banks, I think, besides New York City, if anywhere in the country. That's all new. Right. And so anyway, again, that is not to try to, to do yeah, this thing, but it's just to say his story, Willie and Willie Adam Bright. It's a feature. Uh, Willie Adams' story is a really unique story that I um, have gotten into. And whether you look at that or you just read articles about him, I think he's really somebody that uh, is an interesting person to think about in black American history and in American history. Um, the second uh, book I'm reading is the plant-based athlete? Um, it's a game-changing approach to peak performance. Um, you know, it's by Brendan Fraser and Robert Matt Fraser and Robert Cheek, um, and basically those are two people who have been kind of pioneers in the space of um, kind of plant-based living, but also peak performance. Right? Uh, I think there's sometimes a disconnect between their people who are eating a plant-based life for a variety of reasons. And then there's this idea of peak performance and peak performance in our society is often thought about, about athletes who, you know, perform at a high level, but probably to take whey protein and eat a dry chicken breast and, you know, had, you know, a handful of broccoli, you know what I mean? So you think about this idea, this like this is, how you peak, this is how you peak performance and be real muscular. You're here being plant-based because you love the, love the planet. But <laughs> it, is there a mix of the two and what does that look like? And I think that's just important too, because again, in our society, our society will give you the median. The median is, it's no accident when you think about what do you see when you think about plant-based eating. The prevalent thing you see now is comfort food, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the prevalent concept. 15 20 25 years ago that's not what you saw somebody said here you want some sprouts <laughs> you want some beans right, right? right it was like it was like a certain way of living now if you think about it it's about a veggie burger veggie fried chicken french fries and such
0: yeah, yeah it's about something decadent you know what i'm saying almost right. so that's like ooh to, ooh, to prove this.
1: to prove that it's, it's as decadent as not plant based eating right? right and so when you're thinking about what does it mean to have a plant based diet Right, and notice I didn't say vegan. Um, I'm saying a plant-based diet because I think it's important for people to start making that distinction. Um, Because one vegan is a broader sense of a lifestyle than a plant-based diet, Mm -hmm. right? Like you might be you have a plant-based diet, and you might wear fur, right? Like, (laughs) and you could we could debate that, but I mean that that can happen. Where Mm -hmm. some other folks might have some some challenging issues on that, so. Um, Yeah, this book has been really good to figuring out, like, what are the things that you need, right? In what doses and what levels to to do that. Um, And then the the third book, quickly, is um, Harlem Shuffle by Colson Whitehead. I just actually picked this book up um, just because I've seen so many rave reviews. Um, And it's really a kind of a history of Harlem through the eyes of number runners and also like politicians and cultural stuff. Um, it really talks about the diversity of Harlem in the thirties and forties. Like, I think there's this idea, um, that sometimes propagated, like Harlem was just all quote unquote black folks from the deep South. Right. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. that was, that was never the case when we think about Spanish Harlem, but even when you think about Spanish Harlem, Spanish Harlem was also home to Italians, Mm -hmm. um, to a host of, of people in like Brazilians, Cubans, but then also darker skinned, Spanish-speaking folks from like Panama, right? Mm. Um, that it wasn't just this idea and a small but not insignificant Indian population from the Indian subcontinent mm. that moved to Harlem, right? So I think it's just um, you know, it's written, it's 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 gripping in its writing. Um, I could talk more about it, but those are you know, uh, Colson Whitehead, and there's a lot of articles and interviews with him recently about his writing. I think he just brings um, similar to Nahisi Coast, but different. I think he just brings kind of life to characters that sometimes are often presented in a very flat way. No,
0: no. Yeah, I actually just said pick that up too. Um I was going to try to crack it in the next week or two because um, I've been reading I guess I've, I've been reading other stuff. I've, well, I've read, I don't know if you've read The Some of Us and uh, Cast uh, this yeah. summer. And, um, you know, I needed I needed something that wasn't Some of Us and Cast.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cast, cast is like Cast is like it we'll is about- dour.
0: Yeah, we should talk about cats at some point, but not not right now, because <laughs> it's a hard, that's a that's a deep conversation. Um, but it did actually, you know. So, um, so yeah. So I, I grabbed the coast and Whitehead joint too, because um, also I, you know, try to endeavor to make sure I'm not just reading, um, not not just reading like nonfiction sort of uh, in the context of like, you know, here's how this problem is happening. Here's how you should read about right. it. Like I you know, try to spread my thing out. So. Although, um, at the moment, so, well, please, thank you for those. So, uh, currently, what I'm working through, um, um, and actually kind of calling back to our conversation last week in in a, in a context of last time, um, so finishing uh, Lakota America, the um, New History of Indigenous Power, um, mm. which is, uh, and I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce the author's name, but they have another piece that I think I might have spoke to you but I don't think we talked about it in this format um about the Comanche um uh, uh well, I want to think it I'm I'm gonna write the author's name down um because I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce it but um uh, Pekka I think it's Hamala I'm gonna type it. Apologies, and someone that can help me. I know it's like three um, there's some um lots and some stuff here. I gotta get somebody to help me make sure I pronounce the person's name right. But they're, um, I think they're, they're a scholar. I gotta double check the university, but they got a couple different um, pieces on, you know, the history. Um, like I said, one of the one of the Comanche, like I said, which if you read that and then and, and take a really look at that, it reframes. That whole concept when people be like, and hey, we took this from the Mexicans, and it'd be kind of like, you know, there's a big, there's a giant Comanche shaped blanks blind spot in your conversation about the Gadsden Purchase mm. and all of that. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm it saying. Just yeah. as
1: a quick, as a quick aside, I happen to, you know, they were dealing with, dealing with Hispanic heritage month, and you know, so all of my two million brothers and sisters of a variety of backgrounds, like you know, uh, that whole fifteen to fifteen thing, man. We got to push this to like a whole month or something. This whole September 15th, October 15th. Yeah, what the hell? How are we supposed to know when this starts and ends? Yeah,
0: But, yeah, you know, yeah. come on, this
1: this do Martin. September, October. This do yeah. September, October, man. Yeah, we
0: can do but the whole anyway. two months. it's the bad. whole
1: month, man. Two months, two vines, a whole bunch of them, man. Come on. Anyway. let do it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and- but I, one thing I was watching was that when we talk about this whole Alamo thing and the Texans and the, the like, Tejanos. Like it's not as easy as I think history, like most things we know, it's not as easy and talking about the Comanche role, right? Like the Comanche role wasn't just like this band of people, like this band of bandits. Yeah. You know, it
0: it was it was, you know, they was an empire. (laughs) Yeah, it was an instrumental. I mean, and it it goes it goes to and then and this joint, like adding on that history is that basically. You don't really understand the scale to which, like, these the erasure, (laughs) like as we spoke to last week, of the 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 people who were there and what they were doing and what ways they had, you know, they were doing their thing, right, their agency in their own world and their lives and the arc of it. So you you can you can you can get into a place where you look at it again, like as this passive, like that that these different cultures and societies sort of were doing, you know, kind of erupted out of the ether. We're standing somewhere in a piece of area in the land. Europeans showed up and they fell over like a, like a stack of bricks. And then, you know, and then later, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it wasn't like that. <laughs> like it, it, there was, there's interactions, there's, there's trade, there's, there's cultures changing due to conflicts over here. There's, you know, redevelopment in the relationship. There's all this stuff that, you know, we're talking about a couple, several hundred year, Process from first time Europeans have contact, uh, at least as we credit it in terms of like Columbus to, you know, the what we would say that close of the Indian Wars, um, in eighteen in eighteen eighties, you know, uh, you know, with a wounded knee and whatever, eighteen eighties, you know, what I'm saying like yeah. there's a there's there's a gigantic amount of history <laughs> in there, and most of us don't know enough about it, and it's just dope. I, I, like I said when I um, came across some of this, uh, this other work like i said i try to 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 fill in that gap right so that when i think about the context of those situations i don't think about them absent of the people who were there right and and only mm-hmm. maybe frame it in this like where you just do like and it was columbus boom and now it's 1872 and it's like yo it was 300 years of activity <laughs> 400 years of activity we can't right. just you know we need what what happened in there what was going on what were the layers you know what i mean it was you know the pelt trade and this war and this thing and then guns and the guns go like it's all there's, there's 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 a lot to learn in there and so that's you know um one of my that's one of my that's my audiobook in the car reading right now i'm running around um and the other thing which which is um more pieces but um i you know purchased uh 400 souls which is um you know, it's a it's a community history of African-Americans, you know, 1916, uh,
1: 19 to 2019.
0: And I've just been um, taking time to try to because it's all like essays and smaller pieces. So it's a little bit different in structure. But it's been on well, my um, my touch point to do some history reading, you know, on African-Americans. and But also to work through different pieces. I know um, I think Brent, I think b got a piece in there. Some other people, you know, what I mean that you other people might be familiar with, you know, be my you know, friend or person I know personally. <laughs> so, you know, what I mean, wanted to make sure I got a copy. Um, you know, because it's one thing for somebody to have a book out about, you know, something black, and it's another thing to read it. <laughs> mm. it, it. You know, sometimes people get books and they're like, Yeah, I got this book. I ain't never read the book, though. It's just sitting over there looking at me. Yeah, you know I mean, so trying to keep, you know, it's a what do you say? Reading is like a um like many things if you don't do it regularly you, you know you don't read you don't do it as well as you used to you know what i'm saying mm. so you got to, you got to exercise it and so those on my two and then like i said i like i i got the and whitehead joint that's my uh like i said you know and, I, and i'm trying to intentionally like i read a lot of stuff uh, elect- electronically like on the daily in terms of newspapers and you know, you know you know that kind of articles and then i listen to stuff but i am trying to cut away a couple hours every week to just actually read a book with paper, you know, and like turn the pages, right. <laughs> like that's look right. at the letters, you know what I mean? You know, maybe have some light jazz playing in the back <laughs> while I, you know, work through these words. So that's, that's my, um, those really just the two for me. And then, like I said, the end of coast of why he us as a yeah. as the bonus piece for my fall early fall reading. I'm, I'm wanting to read, um, there was a Barnes and Noble going out of business near me and they had, you know, everything in there on sale. And I was trying to, I didn't have a current list of some, some, some fiction or some sci-fi or something, you know? So I grabbed, you know, so I, so I, you know, I was trying to catch a deal. Like, let me see if I go in here, you know, come up on something. So I, I need some, need something funny or like just fun to read a little bit later in the winter when it start getting dark here. You know what I'm saying? Cause you know, it get dark, start getting dark at four o'clock. It'd be a little, be a little bit much. You know what I'm saying? So that's on the list though and um yeah that's my two you know, i suggest others if you i'm gonna try to put the names of these in the show notes so people you know if you want to read you want to join in the reading you know you go find them um to close this out you yeah know i mean any any fall things that you are uh, looking forward to as, as the weather is changing and the you know what i'm saying um yeah, you know I mean? You trying to get a pumpkin latte? You pumpkin latte, man? You know what I'm saying? So, hey, man, I ain't going to judge so, you. I ain't so going to judge you. So real quick,
1: so I ain't real gonna quick judge we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this, man. <laughs> this pumpkin thing, man. I want to talk about the the issue and then the backlash and then the reality of it And least in my estimation. Yes. Does pumpkin start stuff too early? Does pumpkin, <laughs> does drinking pumpkin start in August? Yes. It's wrong, right? (laughs) But it's the same way. Listen, and I'm going to go on record this thing. It's the same way. People took something that people say they don't like to drink that tastes nasty and then gave you a whole bunch of flavors with it and made a nice little feather in front of it, put a feather on top of it, and sold it to you for $6. And that's a latte, right? (laughs) People took a thing like coffee, which is a drug, right? (laughs) It is a drug. They took a drug and you don't like the taste of the drug because you, you know, you don't like Juan Valdez when he was in the you know Colombia whatever. You don't like to sit in here and drink this nasty espresso, right? Okay, cool. So we're gonna put a whole bunch of flavors in it. We're gonna put a little, you know, put a tree on top of a leaf, and then tell you it's really cool to sit somewhere and listen to it. <laughs> System we're drinking and being in a coffee shop. Cool yeah. beans. It's well, America. So when they figured out that most of us who had never had anything pumpkin, they gave you something that was seasonal. People jumped on it. Just like America. We started drinking pumpkins. Now you drink it in August, just like well, people start telling you about Christmas in middle of November. It ain't till the end of December. <laughs> it is a total creation of mark. So I get what happened and i get the backlash to pumpkin stuff like most things in the world the fact that pumpkins themselves are really interesting I, they're not a fruit it's, i don't even what do we call a pumpkin it's like a pumpkins squash are, right?
0: um yeah they're squash
1: yeah the yeah, fundamentally they are squash right yeah. which is yeah, also good. important to, to think about right they, they grow above you know what i mean like and and, and they're really important, and they're really important to the people of this country, the native people of this country, right? Like, it's cool. You don't have to like the fact that pumpkin starts, pumpkin stuff starts early, and you don't have to hate the fact that pumpkin starts starts so early. You can deal with it what you want to. It's all a trick. This pumpkin spice latte thing, it's all a trick, man. It's all a thing to get you to drink coffee that usually, frankly, is not high-quality coffee. That's why they put pumpkin spice in it so you'll drink it, right? It's like swill. Right, it's kind of like you know what you know. (laughs) It's like this. It's I'll stop you. It's like this. It's like when you get a vodka and cranberry juice from a a a no name bar, and Mm -hmm. they go underneath the bar to get you your vodka. Right, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you can guarantee that that is some of the worst tasting shit in the world. Right, Mm -hmm. it is swill. Then what they're going to do for you is put a A a healthy shot of high fructose corn syrup cranberry juice in it. They mix it around and give it to you. And then that will be mildly digestible to you. Mm -hmm. That's what pumpkin spice latte is. (laughs) (laughs) It's all it is, is a vodka cranberry juice during the fall. You're all welcome. (laughs) <laughs> it's if, if, if you like it it's cool if you don't like it it's cool you're just an American man that's so that's all i gotta say for the end of the fall for the fall <laughs> absolutely I, I was
0: saying this i i i don't i i don't actually mind eating actual pumpkin and and you know like you know the the juice bar on on 25th street i don't know if the pumpkin in that pumpkin was the same type of pumpkin but that was good oh yeah Yeah, you know what i'm saying delicious pumpkin like most people remember you can actually eat the pumpkin like you right it's not just for cutting cutting shapes in and putting on your front porch (laughs) like Like, they're actually for eating um you know i mean and uh but, yeah, like, you know, it's it's funny, like, to to watch the currents of things and then, like, to see something come back every year and then people complain about it. But then you got to realize, like, the only reason they putting it all the way into August is they like, yo, we got so much pumpkin demand. You know what I mean? We got to keep, <laughs> we got to move this pumpkin. We done, we, we done built a mindset. People love this stuff. People <laughs> so, therefore you know, I guess it almost a callback to where we started. Like, you know, because there's a market for it, some people will tolerate anything, you know, hopefully not, you know, not that earlier conversation, but, you know, not to say pumpkin spice is equivalent to that at all, but
1: just saying, you know. Pumpkin is, pumpkin is a predecessor to the turkey. Now, yes, yes, there are people who eat turkey breasts. There are people who eat turkey legs. There are people who do all kinds of turkeys between, the end of November in the beginning of November. Yes, that is true. <laughs> but the vast majority of people only eat something to do with turkeys in the month of November. Yeah. Pumpkins is just, hey, we figured out y'all to eat it. We're going to grow a whole bunch of them, and we're just going to do it between August in like in the middle of December, which we got to try to sell y'all gingerbread or something else. Y'all ain't got onto that yet, so that doesn't that that doesn't <laughs> stay around too long. <laughs> Notice the whole the whole gingerbread thing is supposed to be around Christmas, but that doesn't last too long. Yeah, mother, it's, uh,
0: it's hard sell on that gingerbread. You got gingerbread and mint. It, like
1: it's some sort mix mix of gingerbread and mint something that yeah. Starbucks starts to sell you, and it's kind of like oh, okay, this is not really gonna work. So listen, man, if you're mad at pumpkins, to 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 just this point, one pumpkins can be used. It's a squash, man. It's, it's, it's actually nutritious. It can be used for a variety of things. Don't buy. It only can be to hide the swill of the coffee that they're selling you. You know what I'm saying? All right, it's because a good coffee. You get some good coffee, and then you'll appreciate that coffee actually tastes good, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Like coffee, does, coffee doesn't have to be nasty. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's just a swill. And, and and thinking back to when you watch movies from the 80s and they're drinking out those little cups <laughs> to stay oh, up yeah. all night. All right. So, yeah, absolutely. So, you
0: anyway. know, <laughs> welcome to the fall, everybody. Yeah, you know <laughs> <with> that. <laughs> I'm gonna say, man, let's leave on a high note, man. Thank you for adding Thanks. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, I'm Majestic. Thank you to you, the listeners, for tuning in and supporting the Ash Old Head Podcast, what well, has been the Ash Old Head Podcast, and all the connected creations therein which lie and exist and flourish. Uh, you can support the podcast most by sharing with others. Uh, you can also support by becoming a patron on. Uh, Patreon. Just search for. Actually, now you would search for Justice Raji, uh, and you'll find a page, and you'll find a subscription level that works for you. Uh, every little bit helps to offset the costs uh, to keep the make space. You know, to produce and record, and to send these out. You know, as I'm figuring out the next direction and where this will go in the near future. Uh, I hope that we gave you something that was useful, uh, insightful, energizing and uh, moves you forward in your interest and endeavors. So with that, I'm going to step away, say thank you. Peace.